Welcome to the More Happiness, Less Suffering podcast. I'm Casey Howe, Senior Meditation and Dharma Teacher for Inside LA. And I'm Dr. Monisha Vasa, Psychiatrist. In our little podcasting studio in Orange County, California, we bring wisdom from the couch and the cushion to your real-life questions and struggles. So grab a cup of tea and join us. We're, We're so glad, glad you're, you're here. here. Welcome back to the More Happiness, Less Suffering podcast. As always, we are so grateful to have you here with us. Um, we always love spending time with you. And today, it's actually going to be Casey and I, and we're going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts, which is that of burnout. Um, and I think this is a big one right now because it's obviously something that both of us have struggled with um, on and off over the years. And also, of course, in my in my work with uh, physicians, something that I'm seeing quite a lot of right now. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about burnout and maybe how we personally handle it. Um, and also talk a little bit about a project that has been brewing for the last year or so um, that we're excited to finally launch and share with all of you. The project that's consumed our <laughs> life for like <laughs> eight months. True. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Because we are passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, but as always, we want to start with a poem. And um, this is actually a poem that. I wrote that kind of references, you know, maybe some of my own experiences of burnout, which I think are closely tied, I would say, to themes of grief and loss and also walking beside my patients during this time as well. And so um, it's one I recently shared on my Instagram that actually, Casey, you're going to read. Yeah. So many words I wanted to say stuck in my body, unfinished sentences about how hard it has been for each and every one of us, all the loss, the grief, our darkness with no end. And yet somehow we keep going. We start a new story. We breathe a new breath. We find a new moment. We reach out and someone somewhere reaches back to touch us. This is not a poem with a happy ending, a beautiful rhyme, just the right syllables. This is me calling out. Do you hear me sometimes reminding you that I'm here with you in the sorrow of the ending and the messy hope of beginning? May our shared tears rain healing water on your wound my wound, our wound. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's so there's so much in that. Um, kind of speaking to, you know, to burnout. It's so broad. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we had a we had Dr. Gregory on here, and she was speaking to to uh, burnout as well, and talking about how. Our careers feel it like last, you know, yeah. like burnout. It's kind of like we suck it up <laughs> for mm -hmm. the career and like we have to do it, but then, it, you know, we take it out on the family or 
you know, other parts of our life. Like, you know, I find with myself, if I'm feeling some, some burnout, uh, it's actually the things that help me the most that start to fall off the first, like I've kind of worked with it long enough. So I recognize it, but I'll be like, well, I'm not going to go for a run today because mm-hmm. I have stuff to do. <laughs> right. You know, um, and I'm really good about my meditations, but there's definitely been times when that would be, yeah, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have mm-hmm. time to go for a run. I don't have time to, you know, spend time with the family. Like I got work, you know, to do mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so it's interesting. The things that can help us are the things that are the first to fall off mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's such a tricky um, cause and effect kind of scenario, you know, which is, you know, are we, are we starting to feel more and more burnt out because we don't have the capacity to do the things that restore and rejuvenate us and that, you know, is what leads to the experience of burnout or does the experience of burnout actually make us feel like we don't have the bandwidth to do the things that we love, you know, and usually we kind of get stuck somewhere in that kind of a cycle where I think it Mm -hmm. ends up being sort of a chicken and egg kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I was on the phone yesterday with a, a friend of mine who's a physician and, you know, she was saying that She's like, I don't know if this is burnout. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's anxiety, you know, but there was kind of this sense of it being all pervasive. Like she wasn't enjoying her work the way that she used to. But then at home, she was like, I also just feel like I can barely peel myself off the couch enough to do what I need to do for my kids. And, you know, we were talking about how it becomes such a slippery slope of knowing, you know, when burnout has just sort of taken over all aspects of our life and become all pervasive or when it's actually become a trigger for underlying depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it can be really unclear and it can be, I think, even more unclear when you're in the midst of it, you know, because it becomes so difficult to, to, to separate out those pieces especially if somebody has a history of depression or anxiety, it becomes even more, mm-hmm. more messy, more unclear. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in this time, especially with, with COVID and, you know, you and I are both seeing that, you know, it's a time when all of us need additional support. You know, it's like where everybody is struggling with um, some, you know, some stress or some impact from, from COVID. And so, you know, whether it's doctors and nurses who are on the front lines or those of us who are in the helping professions where we're there to support, you know, those, those frontline workers, everybody is sort of reaching their limits. And, you know, the question is, what do you do to find some sense of balance or to keep your capacity to care restored when you're dealing with a struggle or a situation that feels completely out of your control? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like you mentioned, reaching their limits, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think that's where there's a lot of room for us to, to be with these things because externally there's a lot of limits in external reality. There's physical limits. There's there's time limits. Um, it, it's a world of, li- of limitations, mm-hmm. and yet inwardly there's no limits. 
you know, speak of the, the no limits of, of love and compassion and no limits mm-hmm. of awareness. And I had a really fun, interesting chat with a, a friend of mine who is a monk. He's in the UK and he's been a monastic now for uh, three and a half years. He's a bhikkhu in the Theravada you know, tradition. And, um, yeah, just super, super, uh, you know, humble, humble, beautiful person. And, and we're talking about like desire and mind clutter, you know, and he's like, here I am. And he sends me these pictures and he's, it's like a, it's like a heaven realm, you know, <laughs> like mm. where he is in this gorgeous monastery and like the sunlight is coming through and he's, he's sipping his tea and, and, you know, from the, on the outside, it looks divine, you know, and, um, and inwardly is difficult. You know, it's a really difficult life um, to, to lead inwardly because there's just, there's nothing to grab onto. There's very uh, little external stimulus. Um, you know, it's like some of us struggle because we have too much, some struggle because we don't have enough. And this is, this is like monetary stuff, but it's also yeah. like the mind when the mind is left alone when it, with itself, um, it doesn't have any distraction and we could see clearly the mind clutter. And, you know, he was talking about how desire mind still comes up, craving mind, just craving for simple things like, oh man, he's like, because he used to live here. And he's like, man, I just want to go to Jamba Juice. <laughs> he's like, I just want to go, I just want to go do what I want. Cause you yeah. know, he really can't, you know, like have the freedom. And he, and he knows that there's no, you know, that's not that long term happiness. You know, and and it's like the the deluded mind that says, you know, when I get this, I'm going to be that, you know, happy when I get that, or when I get the free time, or when I when when this happens, and and he has to make space within his own mind that it's here, you know, like he has to find that there where he is, you know, because if he takes his mind, like him and I were talking, if he takes, we take whatever mind we have, we take it anywhere then that's our mind. That's what we're, that's what we're with. You know, if we're at the top of a mountain and it's peaceful up there, yeah, but it's, but we have our own mind. Mm-hmm. Then if we're in the chaos of, you know, as John Kabat-Zinn beautifully says, the full catastrophe, you know, living, if we have the full catastrophe, full catastrophe, we have, um, you know, the, the job, the family and, you know, all this stuff. But how's the mind? You know, is the mind at ease? Um, is a mind full of clutter or is it, or is a mind in chaos? And, you know, that's, you know, speaking of the course that we put together, it's not an infomercial, infomercial, <laughs> infomercial, infomercial. Inform- yeah. <laughs> um, I can't speak today. Um, yeah, but you know, the, like the, the course, that's kind of how we tackled it is that accessing inner resource tools. We can't change. This life is not going to slow down and, and all the pointers say that it's it's the opposite. It's speeding up. You know, mm. the, there's more data, more things to do. It's a quicker paced uh, world these days. We don't have to be though. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be inwardly racing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have spaciousness in our mind. We can meet it with expansiveness, um, with the right tools. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we cover. Um, it could be of course, some mindfulness stuff, but that's really just the, that's just the beginning is to be awake and aware of how the mind is and how it's meeting and reacting to these things. 
But then the real meat of it is, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we move into, you know, nurturing new habits and and compassion stuff and and all of that to really nurture that spaciousness that's innate in our mm-hmm. minds. Absolutely. And I feel like one of the reasons that's so important is, you know, even though, of course, I went through medical school, I went through residency, you know, trained in how to be a, you know, become a psychiatrist. I feel like we don't necessarily get a lot of training in how to actually maybe sit with the types of suffering that we're being exposed to currently, like in the current, you know, COVID crisis. And so, you know, that was, I think, one of the other things that we really tried to talk about in this course is, you know, one of the one of the sort of core reasons that we burn out is when we, um, you know, are are in a position of of being with suffering in a way that we don't quite know how to handle or how to um, sit with that type of suffering, you know, whether it's the suffering of, you know, losing a patient or a family member who's struggling or just the suffering that, you know, in the acknowledgement of how much is really out of our control. Um, you know, of course, we we want, especially as doctors, we want to be able to fix things. We want to be able to make them better. That's why many of us went into these professions. But at the end of the day, you know, so much is out of our control. So many variables that impact, you know, that that end result or outcome. And so, you know, I think part of what we wanted to do with, you know, this course that, you know, we, we call it sustainable caring is to really investigate, like, how do we increase our capacity to, to sit with suffering, you know, whether it's our own suffering or the suffering of other people and how to really be with that in a meaningful way um, without finding ourselves getting lost in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that includes the overwhelm, you yeah. know, like we like to talk about where it's, even when we when we can't access the tools, even how we hold that mm-hmm. is so important, you know, because, you know, we're definitely big on not saying, hey, you should be able to handle all that. Right. Even, even with these tools, you know, mindfulness, self-compassion, all these really beautiful tools, tools that can assist us, we can't always access those. Yeah. You know, and even when we're in those places, there is a way to hold that. Like there's yeah. a way to, to be with that without, um, like in Buddhism, we could say the suffering of suffering. Like there's suffering on top of, there's a suffering of suffering. Yes. And and we could add a lot to it. And a lot of that is, I should be able to handle this. Or others would be handling it better. Mm-hmm. Um, or I used to handle it better and now I can't handle it. Um, or what if I continue to not be able to handle it like all of the mm-hmm. like in the in the future like we start futuring um catastrophizing kind of adding suffering on top of suffering you know but instead can we have the capacity to say this sucks mm-hmm. and and i'm okay with that like i'm okay not being okay you know that kind of been pop, popularized or whatever and be okay yeah. not being okay which is it has it has merit right um yeah how do we hold that without mm-hmm. without judging ourselves and and adding more to it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely and i think even though that has been popularized as you say 
being okay with not being okay. I think still on a day-to-day basis, we struggle to practice that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think the more that we can continue reminding ourselves and each other, you know, this is a difficult moment. This is a difficult situation. You know, there is suffering here and it's okay to feel that. It's okay if you don't, you know, feel like you can immediately bounce back or be, you know, amazingly resilient, you know, two minutes after this traumatic scenario has unfolded, you know, and really sort of getting comfortable with bringing our humanness to everything that we do. um, I think that becomes a really powerful tool. And I think it becomes even more powerful because when we give ourselves permission to feel however it is that we feel in response to what we're experiencing, we give those around us permission to experience what they're feeling as well. They, mm. they also realize that they can um, feel how they feel, you know, the entire spectrum of human emotion and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our, our course, yeah, is called Sustainable Caring. Um, we hope you check it out. Um, it's really focused on burnout prevention and resilience. It's not just for, you know, healthcare professionals or therapists, for those of us who care about anything, really, you know, many of us are caring for aging parents or children or teenagers, even if it's your work that you just want to be sustainable and how you care about your work. Um, we all care about something. Um, so it's all digital. You can do it from, you know, the comfort of your own home at your own pace, um, multimedia, um, in nature. So, you know, guided meditations, videos, text, journaling prompts, homework, quizzes. Um, but really the goal is, um, you know, for it to be a tool to enhance all of our capacity to um, navigate all the things that we navigate on a day-to-day basis when, you know, we're, we're trying to be sustainable in, in the things that we care about and how we care. Yeah, and that's um, at sustainablecaring.com. You can mm-hmm. check that out. Uh, if you're a therapist, if you're a clinician, uh, we have a clinician-only version, and it is um, it does offer CEUs, so you can get 15 uh, CEUs um, if you're a therapist. And yeah, yeah, definitely check it out and reach out to us if you have any questions as well. Um, our information is on there. Yeah, we'd love to hear about you, hear yeah. from you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Both. And about you. About you and from you, exactly. <laughs> All of that. So, yeah, we're going to end with uh, a meditation like we like we usually do. So if you could join us, that would be fantastic. So, yeah, just coming into a nice posture that is alert and at ease. And we're speaking of of burnout and compassion for ourselves. We all want to find more happiness and less suffering. And maybe just for a few moments, just connect with that. That real simple, basic idea that I do not wish to suffer. and see that as compassion arising.
And as you connect with that and make that more part of your integrated beingness, maybe seeing how you would act from that place. And especially taking care of the heart, mind, wanting your inner life to be calm, serene. Find a sense of tranquility and equanimity. So simply being with what is exactly how it is, not needing it to change in any way, not manipulating it, not wanting it to be different. Just give these few moments the opportunity to be Be just as they are. And sending out the sincere wish that all beings everywhere, may they all find sustainable and reliable sources of contentment and happiness. May all beings everywhere be happy and free from suffering. <laughs> 